Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome to season two of the Drive Through Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher. I've always had a huge heart for moms and their lifelong job of raising children, their struggles, joys, and experiences that are so often 100% different from my own. Each week we get to hear the story of an ordinary mom serving her family, community, and the Lord in amazing ways. Seeing the gifts and talents of others and watching how God has worked in their life inspires me daily. We are all in this motherhood game together, and I believe we can benefit immensely from listening and encouraging each other through what God has done in our own lives. What a privilege it is to share these amazing women with you. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Drive Through Moms. I'm your host, Lynn Nitcher. Today, we have the incredibly talented and most hilarious person that I know, um, fun-loving Miss Meredith Brumwell. Welcome, Meredith. I can't wait for you to share your story with everybody today. Hey, friend. How's it going? It's good. It's good. We're podcasting. We're doing it. (laughs) We are podcasting. Every time I think about Meredith and I think about what I envision, like when I hear your name or see your name I'm like I could see you walking around with a camera on first of (laughs) all that's me yeah that's you and um think about your just love of life and willing to do things probably that I'm not normally willing to do (laughs) Um, but anyway, so I'm excited that you're here. Um, yeah. And congratulations, by the way, season two. Hey, season two. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, I'm getting about the first two months done. So I'm, I'm on a good roll. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to, to about who the people God has kind of laid on my heart to be on for the next season. So nice. it's going to be fun. Um, so before we kind of get into, cause I, like I talked to you a little bit of before about, I want to talk a little bit about your life and ministry and then kind Mm -hmm. of you have a very interesting job like I don't know that many many people (laughs) really anybody other than you that um, has experience in movies and commercials things like that and then also talk a little bit about your missions experience but um, just wanted you to give us a little bit of background on you and your husband and kind of what brought you together Um, And just give us a little background on you as far as your family goes. Yeah, so um, I am married to the wonderful Elijah Brumwell. And uh, actually, it's almost our anniversary in three days, is it? January 3rd, praise the Lord. That's that's how we, uh, you know, remember the anniversary. (laughs) So uh, it'll be uh, six years on January 3rd and uh, which is crazy because we were just thinking the other day like oh my gosh we've known each other now for over seven years I'm like longest relationship ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well that's kind of the point so yeah. Right? (laughs) So that's the goal right there. And uh, then we have a wonderful, spunky, three-and-a-half-year-old girl named Isabella, and uh, she's just wonderful and uh, so smart, and it's just such a blessing to be her mama and watch her grow. And uh, right now, we, we're missionaries. That's our full-time job. Uh, my background is in communications, so uh, actually, you know, as you know, I worked at a church for 11 years as a communications director, and then eight of those 11 years, I was also the girls' minister at that same church, so uh, that's where I met the lovely Lynn Nitcher and her family, 
And I don't know how you did both of those at the I same don't time. Like, I mean, I look girls, back. <laughs> girls ministry alone, right, is time consuming, drama filled, and oh, yeah. can be heart wrenching. But you throw that in on Definitely. top of another full time job. I don't know how you did it, but yeah, I mean, I was working six to seven days a week, and that's when when I got married. I knew, hey, this is sustainable. Um, if I want to have a healthy marriage, I need to step back from the girls ministry. I love the girls ministry so much. And I mean, yeah, eight, eight of my years at Cottonwood, I was uh, involved in the youth ministry and it was wonderful, but I knew that it was at that point time for me to step back um, and then start uh, focusing on healthy marriage and new relationship because it's so important to start off <laughs> right, obviously. Right. Which um, is smart because sometimes yeah. I think you think you can do it all and it's fine, but that was mm-hmm. smart um, in advance to be able to see that yeah. you know, this might be a little much for, for what I want to focus on and seeing what the main mm-hmm. thing is. How long did you guys date and how did you meet? <laughs> we met on match.com. Okay. And- <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, I, he always, Elijah always liked to say that I messaged him first. <laughs> um, and I, I, yeah, I saw his profiles like, Ooh, he's a good looking man. And, Oh, he's a Christian. And he seems like he has a lot of the same interests that I do. And he seems funny from his profile. So I sent him a message and he didn't realize that I had the I guess the settings where I could see if someone read a message. (laughs) So I noticed that he had read it, but then he didn't message me back right away. I was like, okay, he's not interested. But he said, no, I was interested, but I wanted to take the time to really like write a good message back. I was like, okay, now that I know him and his personality, I'm like, that makes total sense because he's like an Enneagram one and... You know, oh like gosh. very concise and precise. So, um, yeah, we started talking through Match.com. And then we, um, our first date was to, it was like right around Christmas time. So we took me to the ice sculptures at the Gaylord Hotel. Mm-hmm. And it ended up turning into like an eight hour long date. We did that. We um, walked around Grapevine. We went to the movies. We went out to eat. <laughs> So it was just like super date, like one thing after another, after another. But we we tried to pack it all in too, because he actually lived in Burleson and I was living in Allen, which is about an hour and a half drive. He said it's closer to two. Um, Right. With traffic probably. Yeah. (laughs) So whenever we would get together, which was fairly frequently um, when we were dating, obviously, um, we would always try to pack it all in. So our second date was actually 10 hours long. Good gravy. Wow. <laughs> and, but uh, it makes sense. I mean, when you live yeah. in a metro, when you live in a big metropolitan area and you know it it takes at least 30 minutes to go anywhere mm-hmm. um, that, you know, Lacey's fiance. Make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, Lacey's fiance lives about an hour away. So that's they've kind of done the same thing is try to they'll take and spend the day together when they go back and forth. Um, I have to say, out of all the weddings that I've been <laughs> to, I think y'all's was the most interesting Aww. and lovely. I have never had wow, um, that's so you, sweet. Well, you know, you guys were got married. It was a chapel at, yeah, SMU, at SMU, right? That's where I went to college, yeah. Yeah, but then which is 
lovely. And I've seen people get married at that, at their university's chapels before, Mm -hmm. but it was the aspect of being able to, you had access, we had access to go into the museum Mm -hmm. and then walk around and look at the paintings and stuff, which was awesome because I'm a total art freak. I love that kind of stuff. Um, So anyway, I thought that was very unique, which says a lot for you too, because you guys are both very adventurous and, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, (laughs) Just kind of like, yeah, let's do whatever. And I thought that was really cool because you don't really see an art exhibit at weddings. I love that it was just really unique and the museum was right across the street from the chapel. So people didn't have to like drive to another location. And it was, you know, an afternoon wedding as well. So we wanted to try to like keep it easy, obviously, for our guests. And I always loved the chapel at SMU ever since, you know, I was going there as a student. I was just imagine like, oh, I would love to get married here one day. But I always heard about how hard it was to actually book um, a wedding there because the wait list was so long, but we were getting married in January. (laughs) So not as many people um, are trying to get married then. So we didn't actually have a problem um, getting a date. And then the, I don't even remember how we had the idea to have the reception at the museum across the street, but we there's always, yeah, there's always that gap of like, okay, you want your guests to be doing something while you're finishing pictures and doing all that. And so people usually just stand around and eat Mm. and talk or whatever, which is fine. But that was really good to have something that was engaging. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So, so while you were still single Mm -hmm. um, and working at the church and doing the girls ministry stuff, you got involved doing some additional, I guess, contract work or work on the side. And you got involved in kind of the movie and commercial industry at, at the beginning. So how did you get started in that because you had a friend that you were doing stuff with too but how did you get what made you go oh I think I'll like audition for something yeah so I mean I've always loved acting ever since I was a kid I mean I was (laughs) I think I was like 10 years old and I went to acting camp one summer Um, so it's just always been a passion of mine and then um, but in high school I did an acting class and didn't really have a good experience so I stepped away from theater and it wasn't until college I got back into it and I had uh, I took a couple different acting classes because you needed theater electives and art electives and one of my professors there he was actually you know um Walker Texas Texas Ranger yeah 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 like the original one apparently they're making a new one but um, (laughs) I'm old enough to remember the original (laughs) yes yes. you know with Chuck Norris um his his sidekick there uh Trevette his name is Clarence Gilliard he was the professor at SMU for theater so I got to take a class with him and it was a small class it was only like 10 kids in it um but he really encouraged me in it and he was like you're a really good actress I was like wait what'd you say say that again (laughs) (laughs) feed my ego some more (laughs) yeah just a little bit so um I got interested in, in it again and then just didn't really have opportunities until I was um an adult and then one of my uh co-workers said hey you know they're looking for extras for Jurassic World and I was like wait what because Jurassic Park like the original series what my favorite movie of all time huge dinosaur nerd love it and so when I found out that they were filming uh parts of Jurassic World down in New Orleans I was like I have to be a part of this like this is a lifelong dream like top of the bucket list um, so, so that was your first experience was being in Jurassic was, world. Yeah. 
<laughs> Way to start at the bottom, Meredith. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And it was such a phenomenal experience. Like I remember being on set and I was trying to like not cry because I was so excited. I'm like, keep it together, Meredith. Be cool. <laughs> like, don't cry in front of Chris Pratt and the director and Bryce Dallas Howard. It's cool. But when, oh I, when I saw like people in their, you know, the Jurassic World, um, just like the security uniforms and all the different uniforms that the park uh, rangers are wearing. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is just a childhood lifelong dream come true right now. So um, yeah, we uh, had signed up just on a, the chance of being extras in Jurassic World and drove all the way down to New Orleans just to register, not even like for a guaranteed part in the movie, but just to register. And then they ended up, yeah, calling us back the next week saying that they wanted to use us for a couple different scenes. And we went down there and filmed for about three days. And then right after that, I went to a youth camp. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so, that was a great know, story see- for for camp, but weren't you in a scene? Cause I remember vividly sitting in the living room with the family when it finally came out um, and to where we could watch it at home. Um, Cause like, I'll be honest, dinosaurs are not really my thing. What? Um, so Lynn, I, I thought I knew you. I thought I, I knew you. Who are you? I'm so sorry, <laughs> but we're watching it. And was it, weren't you in a scene at one point where there's like a medical tent or yeah, something yeah. and you're in the back. Okay. Uh-huh. I remember because we like, like froze a- it. I'm a dot in the background, but I was like, <laughs> I am going to rock that dot. <laughs> I remember we froze it and like drew a circle yep. around, around your, <laughs> and it's in a picture. It's like, and then him. you can see the back of Elijah's head, but oh man, he was so bummed because he actually had a scene with Chris Pratt where he's like pushing a guy in a wheelchair over to Chris and then Chris takes him off scene. And so Elijah was so excited and he was telling everybody, of course, and then we watched the movie and it wasn't in the movie. That scene wasn't in the movie. We're like, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, if I tell, if I tell Lacey that, that y'all got to be around Chris Pratt, she's, she loves that. And he's great too. He was just so funny. And because some like big stars, like they don't, talk to the extras and engage at all but he was like just making jokes and being funny and really personable like just a real nice guy you could tell so what's some of the other stuff you've done what did you do after that I mean I know obviously a few of them but what what's <laughs> so some of the stuff that you've done we since started, then um when we I guess it was like two years ago we actually looked at getting an agent just because there's so many more opportunities that um, are available when you have an agent. Plus they find the work for you. You don't have to look for it yourself. So about a year and a half or two years ago, we signed with an agent, our whole family, even our daughter. And we've been really focusing on just commercials and then print work right now because it's usually just one day commitment. And when you have a kid, (laughs) that's about all you can spare, really. Right, right. Like one day, I would love to do more work on like television shows and even movies, but that would have to be further down the road. In terms of commercials, we've done some national ones. Like I did a container store commercial, which was super fun. I loved that. That was like one of my favorites um, to film. And your face, yeah, your face (laughs) in that one. 
I like it's literally just, the entire commercial is me like just staring into a closet. <laughs> yeah, no, it was perfect. And it was like, okay, yeah, that would be my dream closet too. But yeah, right. Yeah, well, I love what was that cool one. was that the, I guess the owner of that house had their closet um, made over. They got to keep the whole closet makeover. That was part of the contract deal. So they got a free closet compliments of container store from them. Um, And then earlier that summer I did a Rams Ram truck commercial. It was for 4th of July, which that was really fun too, because it was just like a commercial of us watching fireworks. We were just out in the middle of a field. And I guess they film a lot of stuff down there in the random field we were in. They film like fear the walking dead uh, down there. Cause there was uh, a bunch of like old, tanks on set <laughs> i was like where are we what is this this is like a post-apocalyptic setting <laughs> which you don't <laughs> see that in the ram commercial but it was just kind of a neat location um to film on and we were just sitting in the back of a pickup truck watching yeah, it fireworks was, it was sweet it was a sweet commercial just like a family parking so they can watch the fireworks and you walk it around the back end and hopping up in the tailgate yeah. sorry i'm a fan i guess because i do know a lot of your stuff um and <laughs> Elijah's a- was great too though he did a uh, cons commercial and they still show that where he's like jumping on a couch or he's not really jumping like with his feet but he's sitting on a couch and it just jumps up and I don't even know how many people have like reached out to him and be like, I'm pretty sure I just saw you in a cons commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> I love it. And then you guys were also in a shark tank one, weren't you? Yeah, that was our first commercial, which that was a total surprise because we just thought we were going to be extras in it. Like just random people in the audience um, that I didn't even know if you'd be able to see us. And then apparently there was a camera right on our faces. Oh yeah. You were like on the front row and you were just like, Oh, who's that cute couple? Yeah, which is funny because we weren't, we weren't even on the front row. We were kind of like in the middle of the audience and then yeah. they end up like just focusing like right on our faces. So I was like, well, that's my face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's a little close up if you ask me, but I'll take it. <laughs> so what, I mean, of those two, what do you think has been your favorite of doing uh, movies versus commercials? I mean, obviously it being I, going into motherhood, you said, you know, has, has changed maybe the time commitment that you can allow. Definitely. To it, but well, yeah. And even like with Jurassic world, like, I mean, we, if we had had a kid at that point, there's no way we would have been able to just like hop in a car and drive down to New Orleans to register for a chance to be in a movie. Like that wouldn't have happened that. So, um, the time commitment definitely. And, um, I would say like, I, I was a little nervous to seek out a, an agent because I was worried I didn't have that time commitment. And then one of my friends who had already booked with another agent down in Austin, I was talking to her about everything and that concern. And she's like, you know what? You just find the time. You just do it. Like if you have the opportunity, like you um, just make that time to do the audition. And thankfully, like when, because we were living down in Temple, Texas, which is about two and a half, three hours away from DFW. And, um, I had a great group of friends down there that like, if I had an audition, they would watch Isabella for me. And then right. Isabella loved it. Cause she got to play with their kids. And, and it was really like, you know, about two hours, but they would watch Isabella while I would do it. Now it's actually interesting because with COVID, I think this is you know, the industry has changed a lot. They weren't doing anything for a long time at the beginning of the year, but now they're folk, they're 
starting productions back up and they're focusing on self tapes. So you get to audition from home, which yeah, is Yeah, that's great. what I was going to talk to you about too, was wanting to know how the COVID has changed it. Cause I know the other day you said something about doing a, a, mm-hmm. a video recording or something. So yeah. what's that been like? So, you know, when COVID, they were canceling productions left and right when COVID started because they were trying to figure out how to have a safe set and not, you know, contaminate everybody. So they canceled things for a long time. And if you noticed on commercials, they were just uh, focusing on people. It was more like cell phone commercials, really. I don't know if you like noticed that or anything, but just a lot mm. of like cell phone type commercials, people yeah. taking footage with their own cell phone. Um, but now they are doing more um, actual set commercials again. And so I actually really like the whole self-tape movement and push because I don't have to leave the house. (laughs) You know, I can actually film a lot of times when Isabella goes to sleep at night, as long as the lighting, I can figure out the lighting and everything. I mean, there's pros and cons, like it takes longer for the setup, but then you can do a lot of different takes because before when you'd go into a studio, into a casting director's studio, you'd go into, you know, a white room basically, and they just put the camera on and they give you a prompt when you're already on camera. So you have to act really quick and, you know, make those acting choices and decisions. Um, and you usually only got like one or two attempts at it before they're like, okay, next. (laughs) But when you're at home, you can do as many takes as you want, but you know, you end up probably thinking too much about it. (laughs) Well, it's got to be so much more flexible, like you said, as a mom, because obviously this is something that you're one doing because you love to do it. It's just Mm -hmm. interest and a passion. Um, But two, it's also a financial boost to your family, right? To be able to help. Well, that saved us this year too. um, Because since we transitioned into doing missions, you know, we started from scratch support raising and everything. And we didn't have like a set income, but we were getting some residuals from commercial work. So that actually really helped us this year in particular. Right. Well, and I'm sure that, like you said, you know, what you're, maybe what you're doing right now isn't what you want to do hundred percent later. And that if you had more time or, you know, COVID wasn't really a thing and you were actually able to go to auditions mm-hmm. and physically be a part of something that would be more time consuming, maybe once you get, um, you know, Isabella gets a little bit older and yeah, you have like that flexibility. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you have more of that flexibility, but you're, you're doing what you need to do to help your family, but you're yeah. building, you know, your resume or do you have an IMBD and what does that even I stand do. for? Oh gosh. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know about that the other day. I don't know. Something database. Um, international movie, movie database. database. I am totally guessing on that, but I don't either. I just, <laughs> IMDb. Oh, I, I do, I do have an IMDB. Um, I have one like real credit on there, which was, that was funny. Cause that was for a movie. It was called, I saw the light with Tom Hiddleston and, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. And do you know who Elizabeth Olsen is? Right. Sounds familiar. She's but sisters to, to the, the twins. Olsen twins. And then she yeah, was, yeah, yeah. she was in the Avengers, um, as she was one of the main Avengers there, like the Russian girl. Uh, I should know because I've seen all the Avengers. Oh, the redhead, um, the one that's redheaded in it. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm bad with like names <laughs> of things. But anyway. Scarlett I got to, Johansson. Yeah, no, 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 not Scarlett Johansson. The other girl who was the Avenger. Oh, yeah, I don't know. 
Um, I know someone's listening to this, like screaming the answer. <laughs> Probably my son-in-law. He's big I'm on sorry. movies and those names. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I got to do a scene with her. Like it was just the two of us. Like it was really neat because even like we did our hair and makeup together in the trailer. And then we drove to set together and um, we did this whole scene. But then I was in the credits of that movie, but that scene didn't make the movie. It's like, how does that work? How does that? Yeah. How does I don't that know. Work? Like you can see my name in the ending credits. <laughs> I don't That's know. so cool though. I have to go back and. Yeah. Well. And I got the, I went to the movie to watch it and I was so bummed out, but I still ended up buying the DVD because I was like, well, my name's in the credits. I got to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you sit through the whole movie to not see. I but was then like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right, whatever. Oh, it was still gosh. a fun experience. And it was set. In like, mm, I don't know, like the 1940s, maybe. And uh, so I got to like dress up in that whole attire and they did my hair like all curly. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was pretty fun. Well, I think the other one that I remember, okay, I think the funniest picture or text I ever got from you <laughs> was um, you were doing a documentary. Was it a JFK documentary? Right? Oh, no. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And you text me and you're like, look, that's my backside. <laughs> that was a movie called LBJ and Woody Harrelson was LBJ. They had a lot of like big names on that. Yeah. But and I was like playing on the grassy knoll, right? Yeah. So of the it's family. a real family. Like if you look it up, um, the Newman family, and it's a real photo from back in 1963 when you know the assassination happened and everything they were like running with their two kids and ran onto the ground and they have this real photo so they i was the woman and she was wearing a beautiful red dress and that whole the dallas morning news ended up capturing a very flattering photo of me yes, <laughs> it all sarcasm and plastered it on like the front of the newspaper and it's like my backside basically in a red dress like taking cover on the grassy knoll oh my gosh that was hilarious though. <laughs> it was a, that was a really fun movie too and rob reiner was the director on that and it was so cool like get i was directed by rob reiner like he yeah. was like, talking to me he's like okay i want you to like run and and jump and do this and that and um the uh, hair and makeup uh, wardrobe lady had said because it had rained the day before and so the, it was kind of wet she's like do not lay down on this otherwise you're gonna get all wet and I was like but Rob Reiner told me to jump and run <laughs> and lay on the ground <laughs> what do I do oh my gosh <laughs> and she's like okay well if he told you to do it do it no, but yeah that's pretty was- cool to say that you were directed by Rob Reiner and mm-hmm. to, to be in some things like that that had such big big names that are current that people would know and yet you know, you've had this, I, I just love the, almost really the juxtaposition of having a ministry background, <laughs> but being in the movies and commercials, um, I think it's awesome. I love that so much. Well, it's really neat too, because like being in ministry, like you can get in that little ministry bubble that, you know, the Baptist bubble. I mean, I love my Baptists. I'm a Baptist, you know, but uh, a lot of times, especially when I was working at the church six to seven days a week, like that's, you're surrounded in that environment and uh, you don't have a lot of opportunity really to um, evangelize to, you know, non-believers. And then when, when you're in that acting world, it's very dark, you know, spiritually speaking. And so it gives you those opportunities to shine a light in a very dark industry and um yeah so it's it is uh 
an interesting uh, back and forth between um, the two worlds. No, I love it. And I love that you've got that, you know, God's given you a talent for it and a passion for it and a desire to be around people. And that just that fun, loving spirit to try and do whatever you're like, yeah, I'm game. Let's do that. Um, but I want to talk now about, you've kind of transitioned since, like you said, you used to live in Temple and then you mm-hmm. moved back to the Metroplex and you guys have gotten into a different ministry um, from where you were before at the church and Temple. But tell me a little bit about um, where you are now with Teach the Story. Yeah, so we actually, it's been exactly a year to the day when we found out about Teach the Story. It was uh, December 31st, this time last year, where um, one of our friends had told us, we were just... Um, looking for a new ministry opportunity. And uh, Elijah, his call has always, this is why he went to seminary, because he's wanted to teach um, impoverished pastors around the world who don't have access to seminary training or biblical training at all. Like he's, even when we were dating, he had expressed that. And I was like, that sounds great, but I don't know, like, does that exist? I've never heard of that. Like, that's a really... uh, interesting call, but I don't know, like, how does, what what does that that work? Yeah, exactly. How does that work exactly? And then uh, Elijah was sharing that with some of our friends last year. And he's like, Hey, I have a buddy who's doing that exact same thing with an organization called teach the story. And so we're like, what? Tell us, tell us more. And I looked him up um, that afternoon. And then when I got on the website, I noticed that we were actually friends with the executive director of Teach the Story. So Elijah called him up and then we had a meeting with him. And uh, basically what Teach the Story does is teach the teachers. Um, We teach the teachers of the impoverished church globally. Specifically, right now we're in um, Uganda, Nigeria, Mozambique, um, Moldova, which is in Eastern Europe. I had to look that one up. And now we are looking to also expand in the coming year into Japan as well. And um, yeah, we do pastor conferences. That's how we teach. And one thing, I had no idea that the statistic was so high, but I found out um, that 85% of church leaders worldwide have little to no formal training. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can run into a lot of problems uh, at that point where they have the heart and they want to teach, but they're, they might, you know, They've lacked the biblical, yeah. the biblical expertise, maybe. Exactly. So Which they we, can learn through the process, right? I mean, but at the same mm-hmm. time, um, having having at least a little bit of that or somebody come in and walk alongside you, um, with which is amazing that, you know, God, like you said, put that in Elijah's heart and mm-hmm. in sharing that with somebody, you know, provided the connection with somebody else that, oh, hey, where, that's what we're doing. And being able to partner with them is pretty awesome. Yeah. And, um I, I think I didn't realize that that number, the 85%, and that could actually be on the low side. It could be more like 85 to 90% of church leaders worldwide don't have any training. I think I didn't necessarily think it was so high because, uh, you know, we live in DFW, Dallas, Texas. And we're in the Bible Belt and we have like, I don't even know how many seminaries and Bible colleges. It's We have such easy access to things here in the United States that we just take for granted and we don't realize that the majority of the world don't have those same blessings, but we want to um, be able to take what 
you know, Elijah has learned um, in seminary and then bring it abroad to train others. And then for me, since my background is in communications and graphic design, um, I'm going to be playing the role, well, I already am, of a content developer in at Teach the Story. So I love I, that you just said I'm playing the role. So that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm playing the role of the content developer in this next scene. <laughs> so then what are you, what are you doing for, for that? Are you doing things like content for the, for the website? Or? Yeah, so I redesigned their website this year. So if you go to teachastory.org, it's a brand new website that, um, I recently updated and designed. Um, I also recently did a missionary magazine, basically, I think it's about 20 pages and it details what Teach the Story does. And it's also customized for each of our missionaries. So when they're support raising, they have a magazine that has their family photo in it and their family story in it. And then it goes into what Teach the Story does just to help them in that support raising process. Sure. Because it can be pretty daunting when you join a mission organization to think about uh, support raising. That I think is why um, we weren't initially looking at missions because of that um, financial commitment raise, that you knew. Yeah, exactly. The need to raise the, the support. So are was, you guys, how, how far are you into your funding? I know it seemed like at one point you thought you were around half. Yeah, we're close to half, just under uh, well, it's like more like 40%, but <laughs> we're raising Elijah's salary and my salary as well as our mission funds. So the you know ministry funds in order to do the ministry. To do so, the trips. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which I'm sure the trips have been, seemed like I know from, from COVID reasons, you've had to, you know, postpone doing any, many trips, but Elijah was able to at least go on in the summer or? He went to Moldova uh, over the summer and originally we were supposed to go to Moldova for a pastor conference in March. It was supposed to be March 21st through April, like third or something like that. But as we all know, COVID happened like right at that time frame. So um, we had to postpone that trip and then uh, Elijah was supposed to go to Uganda in June and that got postponed. So, for, you know, he would have been on several trips already if it wasn't for COVID, but we know everything is, uh, in the Lord's hands and in his timing. And we're just thankful that he was able to go in right. over this. Mm, it was in the fall, actually. It was in September when he went to Moldova on his first trip. So we're hoping, um, in 2021 to be able, I know there's talks about him going to Uganda on one of the trips as well as uh, Japan and probably back to Moldova as well. Yeah. Since the Japan is a newer, a newer Mm -hmm. area they're about to do. Um, so what do you think out of, um, what you've done from being in ministry at the church and then how you've kind of incorporated the, the fun side of life, which Mm -hmm. I will say, you know, being in ministry can be very hard, mm-hmm. um, it, especially if you have a tender heart for people, which you obviously do, or you wouldn't be doing it um, yeah. because you just see see pain and things, and you're there to help people go through hard things. And I know, you know, Lacey works in a church, and it's it's fun to see some of the things that they do to kind of help balance that um, because it can be heavy, weighty, mm-hmm. um, and they, uh, you know, they have scooters and, and a ping pong table and things that they, they specifically work on taking breaks throughout the week. You know, you, you see adult men, I've seen videos of adult men <laughs> in leadership and pastors at the church that are like, you know, it, it's a release, right? Um, yeah. But I think that's 
been awesome that God's given you um, this fun outlet, right? For mm-hmm. um, for something along with the ministry that you guys do, because um, it's not always easy, especially when you've got you know financial uh, commitments that you're working yeah. on raising and all <clears> that. But He's obviously provided each step of the way and each transition mm-hmm. and each thing that you've done. Um, but when you bring in a kiddo and you've mm-hmm. got your little Isabella, which is the sweetest thing, um, <laughs> what what do you think has been the hardest part about being a mom and through all these transitions? Um, you know, I think the hardest part is that I want to give her stability and we, we haven't necessarily been able to provide that right now um, because we've, she's three and a half years old and she's moved three times, you know, yeah. and it's sad to hear from, from her perspective. Like when we first moved back, left our house in Temple, cause that's the house that she remembers. And right now we're living with my in-laws until, you know, we get set up to where we can get a house and everything. But when she first, when we first moved here, especially she said she thought her house was broken and it was getting, I know it was like heartbreaking. Like she thought her house and temple was broken and that we were just here until it got fixed. And then like we were at the library one time after story time and she was telling kids, she's like, I live with my, my Gaga and Gramps because my house is broken. I'm like, Oh, this sounds terrible. <laughs> Wait, don't but, tell people this. <laughs> but you know, she's so little and she doesn't know. And the reality yeah. of the things that I think that sometimes as parents, we feel that we either worry about or mm-hmm. feel guilty about for, wow, I, I did, you know, whatever. Like I, mm-hmm. there's always things that you look back and, um, and things that I wish I'd have done different maybe when the kids were little yeah. is that as a three and four year old, there's, she's likely not going to remember. Right. And, not. And, <laughs> and the goal though is, is what you guys have provided for exactly. her has been a family that loves the Lord that mm-hmm. seeks to serve him, that trusts that he is providing for them, for grandparents that love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what matters. And yet, yeah, as moms, we get stuck in sometimes in those things um, of wishing something was was different. But the reality is when they're big, I mean, I barely remember what I had for lunch yesterday. That's <laughs> less, you know, what happened at home when I was three or four. Yeah. But, um, but I get what you're saying completely. So how is she doing? Because I know she's had some... Uh, some health issues here and there. Yeah, she, you know, so when we were living in Temple, I mean, the first health issue she had, we found out she was allergic to eggs. Whoops. Um, I had just got like a thing in my email saying like a great first food to give your child is scrambled eggs. So I thought, oh, I'll make some scrambled eggs and I'll give them to her. And then like within an hour, she started having an allergic reaction to the eggs um, where she got hives and was throwing up and I had to take her to the hospital. It was a whole, whole ordeal. And then same thing with peanuts later on. So she had those. But then the scariest one was we were actually – so we're living in Temple, but we were up here in DFW visiting my parents. Elijah was taking his last class at DTS. And so um, it was an in-person class. And that's why we were up here just over this you know, summer for a week or something. Um, and then Isabel ended up getting really sick with fever, 
sore throat. You know, she was like a, about two years old. So still pretty young to be able to tell you what's wrong. Like she just you know, couldn't communicate what right. was hurting. So we took her to the doctor and they said, oh, she has a double ear infection. Great. Here's some medicine. And, but she wouldn't take it. That was part of the problem too. We found out later that it was actually hand, foot and mouth disease. Oh, and this is not fun. No, not at all. Poor little thing. And um, super contagious. Yeah. And I don't know where she, I mean, she could have got it anywhere since it is so contagious. But, oh yeah. And then Elijah ended up getting it too. Another story. Mm. <laughs> Apparently adults don't really get it, but he did. Oh, um, gosh. So we had to, uh, Isabel and I had to go back home early because we had an incident with our uh, person watch, watching our house. And she, that was another story too. <laughs> Lots of different stories going on there. But <laughs> yeah. So we got home and she was actually feeling a little bit better. But then um, we were playing in her room and she just like, it looked like she tripped and fell. But she didn't get back up, and she was on the other side of her little dollhouse. And so I walked over when she didn't get back up, and she was just like violently shaking and having a seizure. Mm. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like um, immediate mom mode. Like I don't even, rem- you know, it's just like your body starts doing things, like calling nine one one and yeah. um, talking to them. And she was like turning blue and wasn't breathing, and she had finally like. Stopped shaking, but she was still blue. So I'm like about to start CPR on my little girl. And um, then all of a sudden that her color returned, thankfully, and she was breathing again, but she was still unconscious. And the uh, ambulance had come. I was still talking to 911 on the phone. And I have my giant dog, Sherlock, who's like 80 pounds. I'm like, thinking, oh gosh, I need to go throw him in a room real quick, but I don't want, so the paramedics can come in, but I don't want to leave my little girl. <laughs> but right. I, I took to Sherlock. I'm like, I'm sorry, puppy. <laughs> and I dragged him and I just threw him into our bedroom. Like, please don't eat anything that you're oh, not supposed sure. to. Because he would. <laughs> Thankfully, he was a good boy, but he he's such a good sympathy dog too. Like he knew something was wrong. Um, But anyway, so when the paramedics came, um, she was breathing, took her to the emergency room. But then, so she was there for a while and they did tests and the doctor said, well, you know, it's a febrile seizure. And though it seems really scary, uh, she has less than like a 1% chance of it ever happening again. Well, within two more minutes, she had another seizure. It's like, I thought you said 1%. Um, so that was awful. Thankfully, Elijah was there at the time because he wasn't home for that first seizure that she had. And I so was has just, she had more since then. She's she had three, or? she's had three total. She had another one like later on in the hospital. And thankfully she hasn't had any since <clears throat> that <clears throat> incident, but she also hasn't had any fevers since that incident. So they think it's it, the seizures was caused from the fever fever yeah the hand foot and mouth disease but then she didn't she hasn't been sick since then so it's hard to say whether she'll have another one hopefully not a lot of times um, they outgrow them but it's uh it was awful 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 all of it 
I think that's one of the hardest things is my mom used to always say, you know, mom is only as happy as her happiest child or her, you know, her mm-hmm. saddest child. So if something's going on with yeah. one of your kids, um, it's, you know, you, you worry about them, but you, you know, you obviously as a believer, you know, pray and just ask the Lord to either a give you wisdom, a B take it away, you know, okay, mm-hmm. could you just take this away if this is something that you can or that you want to. Um, but watching them go through something is hard. Right. It, no matter how old they are, it just kind of like wrecks your heart. But yeah, um, she didn't know why it was happening. Cause she's only two. And so they're like putting all the different, you know, running her through different tests. And- right. So tell me about kind of where you guys are now. What is next for Miss Meredith Brumwell? What's next? Well, we're going into outer space next month and orbiting <laughs> the moon. No. <laughs> I mean, I would buy I it from know. you. I would totally believe it. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, 2020 threw me for a loop. Yeah. <laughs> so who's, who knows what 2021 is? I mean, what <clears throat> we would love is... Uh, obviously continue on uh, with Teach the Story. And I would love to be able to get out on the field as well with my husband uh, to one of the countries that we um, are serving in. And um, then, of course, hey, (laughs) moving out and being independent again from my (laughs) in-laws, which they've been such a blessing. And I'm very so thankful for them um, because I don't know where we would be right now if it wasn't uh, for their generosity and letting us invade their house for the past year. Yeah. Well, but you know, that's what parents do. You know, Amanda and Zach just moved out and they were, we went over and we're helping them kind of get the last few things, um, loaded in the house and they were both just so grateful. And, you know, to us, we were Mm -hmm. both like, well, what, why wouldn't we do that? You know, of course you could stay here. They stayed with us. They were only three months, but, um, and then in turn, we're like, my parents did that for us. You know, yeah. we, we had gaps where um, we needed to be somewhere in between housing. And so it's just, you love your family and it's what you do and you're thankful and grateful. And, um, but that's definitely, you know, you guys have been in our hearts and prayers for um, your teach the story ministry. And uh, I love, I love the heart behind it. And I love watching just your sense of adventure in, cause I think sometimes people think that if you're a believer and you're a Christian, you're super boring. Um, <laughs> maybe that's true for me. Um, because yeah. I'm not like super adventurous like a stick in the mud. Yeah. I'm just the stick in the mud. Thanks. Um, no, not you. No, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I, it's funny. Cause when I think about experiences that I've had with you is even just going something simple, like going to the gym and going to a workout class with you. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to be on the back row. I'm going to do <laughs> the, uh, I'm going to do the modified version, right? And yet you're like, no, we're on the front row here. Pick it up. You know, pick it up. Let's get these little slatty things that you do. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That, I'm like, that's harder, but I, but I love that about you. So thank you so much for just sharing a little bit about yeah, you know, where, where God's taken you and, um, you know, his, his faithfulness in, in your journey and, um, I can't wait to see you again. So next time you're over this way. And just for people who don't know, this graphic design genius um, did my logo Uh, and helped me with all kinds of stuff for my website. And so um, I love you so much, Meredith. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks, guys, for listening to Drop Through Moms today. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. 
Hey, y'all, I can't thank you enough for listening and want you to know that you have all been prayed for, for real. If you liked what you heard or it touched your heart in any way, I would so love for you to leave a great review on iTunes. But more than that, just share this with other moms that you know that might get something out of it. You can find more information about each of the episodes in the show notes, as well as our links to Instagram and the website at drivethroughmoms.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.